Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Honda CRV 2-litre hybrid EX all-wheel drive CVT special edition. Hello, I'm Alan. <laughs> Hello, I'm Andrew. <laughs> Another fine run-up there, Mr. Clues. Yes, yes. Yep. So this is the fact that I had Honda's largest SUV on loan for just over a week to get a sample of the first time they've put some hybrid technology in their most popular, incredibly popular CRV in its 23, 24 years of existence. It's sold rather a lot. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So this was a two-litre petrol hybrid, which gave out 243 newton metres of the torques and translates to 184 brake horsepowers. Uh, It's got a CVT gearbox, so that is the constant linear progression uh, everyone who's listened to previous CVT reviews will know that I am quite a big fan of these. Strangely, yes, we are some of the few. We are the few people who actually don't mind a decent CVT. I feel sometimes that we're the ones who get it, where others don't get it, and I think that's their problem. Yeah, they're expecting something it isn't. On the other hand, you do occasionally come across a rubbishy CVT. Yes, we have done that. We have done that. And we are mm-hmm. very critical when mm-hmm. we do. But yeah, I like like the ideas of, I I, I do quite like CVT. So yeah, so but well, that works well with a the with hybrid engines. Yes, I think and so. hybrid setups as as a another a different Japanese manufacturer have proven over the years. Yes, true. In WLTP tests, this has an approved combined figure of fifty one point four miles per gallon. I managed 42.3 was the best I could do. Okay. And it produces 126 CO2 grams per kilometer, which is down on if it is just the petrol version, not the hybrid. So cost-wise, this is 37,305 on the road as standard. Now, I went through Honda's own PCP uh, through the configurator on their website so just to get an idea of cost. So if you chuck down five grand, do 10,000 uh, or agree to 10,000 annual miles, it's 518 a month for 37 months. I would suggest or I have a feeling that if you went to more independent places, you might get that figured down quite a bit. Other finance houses are available. Yes, quite. Because it was quite a high monthly rate. Yeah, we only go to the manufacturers just to get an inkling of the sort of ballpark mm-hmm. area. This was a press car, so I need to add something extra. But this time it's only £550 of colour tax. So it made it £37,855. Given the way that WLTP works these days, then we do. We are. I've started to notice that some of the press cars, while well, there are fewer options available, and then the press cars tend to have fewer of them fitted. Yes, I think a lot, a lot more is standard, isn't it? Yeah, I think it depends on the manufacturer. To be perfectly honest, and yeah. the the style, the way that they import cars. Mm-hmm. Right, so looking at the exterior, this is a large SUV. In fact, it's Honda's biggest vehicle right now. That's quite big, given the size of the given the size of the Civic. <laughs> yes, but it is bigger than that. Just a big car. It is indeed, and I had one in modern steel metallic, which is metallic grey. There are other options, right? Bear with because they aren't they aren't very exciting. Hang on a minute, given that given that we have to divvy out the number of 
flavors of gray that there are these days. Uh, modern steel metallic is a mid-gray. There are Sorry, other yes. variants of gray available. Yes, there's lunar silver metallic, which is silver. You've got crystal black pearl, <clears throat> fun enough black. Platinum white pearl, white. Cosmic blue metallic, <clears throat> which is a petroly blue metallic, which isn't too bad, actually. It's nice. And then there's the premium, is that a gate? I'm never sure how you pronounce that. I think it's agate. Uh, agate brown pearl, which is metallic brown, which I think looks the nicest. Uh, and all of those are £550 mm. as colour tax-wise. There is a premium red crystal metallic, which is metallic red. That comes in at a <laughs> at a more eye-watering £850 colour tax, and you can get rally red at no extra cost. So that's postman pat red is, is yes. free. Flat red is free. Yes. This sat on 18 inch alloys, again, as standard, um, but that helped with the comfort and ride because there's quite a lot of sidewall on the tyres as a result of this. That, that's actually quite, a, it sounds ridiculous, but that's actually quite a small alloys. Yeah, it is. For this size of vehicle, isn't it? But the. Because but you'd almost expect them to be 19s or something. Yeah, but the tyre filled it out as well, filled out the wheel arches. Mm, yeah, um, it was, yeah it, it, it didn't look odd when you... It's not like... Was it not blinging? <laughs> no, no. No spinners. <laughs> <laughs> right, so as we mentioned, the, the CRV's been out in the world for about 23 years and its design language has evolved, I think is the way to put it, over that time and the cars got bigger over that time and it's got the latest Honda nose on the front but other than that it's quite a, a neutral design again I mean we were talking not so long ago in a previous review about how it's difficult to make an SUV stand out too much which I think is one of the reasons why mm -hmm. we get SUV coupes now um, just to try and I, th yeah. I think manufacturers are just I trying to do a different look on that sort of thing. I feel the CRV does the opposite rather than going any way towards trying to be sporty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's from, I think, about the second generation. It's uh, it's always gone far more towards towards being closer to a monospace. Okay. So it's always been towards the MPV end as opposed to towards the trying to be a sporty coupe end yeah, yeah, of, of an SUV crossover thingy. Yep, definitely. This has a, a panoramic, the one I had had a panoramic sunroof, which adds to the quite large amount of glass, that, particularly for a modern car, that the, uh, the CRV's got. And Honda have, thankfully, resisted the fad, and it's a fad, all manufacturers, of making the rear passenger windows ooh, little teeny-weeny and bending up so there's hardly anything. It goes, <laughs> it goes along with what I've just said about it's closer to being an MPV, really, than being an SUV or an off-roader. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right, interior-wise, we will start where we always do, which is around the back, and you get into the boot via the electronic tailgate. Now, the opening is really quite large because, again, this is a large vehicle. And it's easy to get all sorts of stuff into the quite spacious, as one would hope, 497 litres uh, with the seats up, up to the window. That's massive. Yes. Well, let's put it this way. It took our stuff, and I'm trying not to swear here, stuff that we needed, apparently, 
for five of us to be away <laughs> just over a week. <laughs> and that kept it all, and it was all kept below the, um, the, the luggage cover, the expandable luggage cover. That's quite impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was great. And you know, my grumble about uh, large suitcases being able to stand up and all the rest of it, that was, yes. that was all dealt with no problem at all. I was, I was just like it would be in an MPV. I was yeah. very happy with the boot for uh, putting mm-hmm. suitcases in, <laughs> which I know Honda were worried about. <laughs> You're one stage down from trying to put, from trying to fit uh, chests of drawers in the back of these test cars. Because well, I, I need to have one of those around with me daily. Yes, quite. There are two curry hooks. I know that's something that everybody looks out for, but oddly they were a little bit low. All right now. What I mean by that is is that normally the curry hooks are at a position where the a bag is completely upright and tight and then you've you've hooked in the handle in. Yeah. But these were down low and sort of you had to sort of drag them out slightly from the side to get them in oh, there. That's a bit odd. But they kept the bags on and nothing fell out, so it's okay, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they worked. For the rear passengers. There's two full seats, and you get a three-quarter, nearly a third seat in the middle. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting across the impression that this is a large-ish vehicle, but it is. So, so it's wide as well as tall. Yeah, is it's wide as well as tall as what we've established so far. Yes, anyone would think it's. I don't know. Maybe if someone mentioned it's sort of along the lines of MPV type style uh, design-wise. If, if if you mm. may have mentioned that earlier, then I think you would have helped people along with understanding this car. Right. Okay. So, you know. Cool. I, I should have done that. Yes. You sh- yes, you should have. So there's a, a low transmission tunnel in the back, but it's really very little intrusion. It's like an inch. So, you know, a- again, for getting in mm-hmm. and across the back and sitting there, it's fine. It's really just a way of keeping the rear carpets in place, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Keeping keeping the crud from going all the way across it. Just there's a yeah. little island in the middle <laughs> that it butts up against, like a, like the waves of notion. <laughs> so this this car had leather seats all round. The front and the two outside rear seats were heated as well, which was wasted on the peasants in the back. Frankly, as far as I'm concerned, uh, although they did enjoy <laughs> testing that out. Lunatics turn each other's on. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Up front, we got tons of room. There's acres of room, and that's without putting the seats all the way back and that sort of thing. And the chairs were like armchairs. They was they were really comfortable. I love the way you've now started describing them as chairs instead of seats. Yes, I, I think that that pretty much sum, sums it up, really, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. It was. Did, did they come with antimacassars and little cushions? No, they didn't. Because if they didn't. Qu- Oh, well, yeah. You can probably get them straight from the dealer in, in Japan, to be perfectly honest. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> overnight overnight parts from Japan, yeah. <laughs> so for the driver, the steering wheel is a typically slightly chunky Honda one. Right, I will get through this. I will not try to describe <clears throat> exactly where every button is uh, on the interior, but just to give you a flavour. But, but hang on a minute. But wait a minute, the steering wheel, it has flappy paddles, right? Yes, it does. But they're not for the reasons you're thinking. Ah, okay. It's it's Fair not enough. it's not for the CVT ness. So but we'll get onto that later. Ah, okay. 
Right. Sorry, I'll shut up and stop interrupting. So you've you've got buttons on the steering wheel for cycling through menus on the digital displays, accessing phone and talking through that sort of thing, if that's what you would need to do, setting the speed limit, cruise control stuff as well. Then there's a 7-inch touchscreen for multimedia, which is slightly down from the top of the dashboard. So it's not one of those, here's an iPad plonked on top look. It is integrated mm-hmm. in the dashboard below the, the top two central uh, air vents. And that's, got a, that's actually got a, a dial on it for volume control as well. And I can't remember off the top of my head whether just the outside of that dial moves or whether the whole thing moves and therefore would cause an awful lot of people, surprisingly, which I didn't realize, to twitch constantly. (laughs) Whichever it is, it's got to be better than the semi-touchscreen touchpad area buttons. Yes, in the Civic that I drove recently. Oh, okay. Because they were horrible and unresponsive and nasty and irritating. Yeah, steering wheel buttons are the best for that. Yeah, that's that's what I used, yes. Yeah. Uh, you've got the heating control just below the screen, uh, all the typical stuff you would actually want, and they are buttons and a dial, uh, and dials for adjustment. And below that, into uh, further down the uh, central binnacle, uh, are the buttons for the drive mode. So sport, eco, normal. The sport made it a little bit louder and possibly a bit more responsive. There was a sport. There was a but sport it mode. just okay. seemed such anathema for this type of vehicle and the way that it drove and made you feel when you were driving. I did it once because I wanted to see if anything changed, and then I just went, no, thank you. I will leave it in normal or eco. That's what I did. It was, was normal the default yeah. any time you started yeah. up? Yeah. It was. That's on the left-hand side. In the middle of buttons for the gearbox, and it was buttons, it was like, that's going to be drive, that's going to be reverse. There was no no uh, dial or anything like that, or no... Uh, I always quite like that, to be honest. Yeah, It, it felt very futuristic. I, I don't have a problem with push I know, that's why I like it. It's like put it, in, <laughs> put the ship in drive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it just it just it something about buttons to select the gears is really futuristic. I always get a little smile, and it makes me happy that. Don't mind. And that. I'm with you. It's to, it's no problem at all to do to press a button to make it go forward or backwards. That I have no issues with that whatsoever. Uh, there's a, an electronic handbrake as seems to be de rigueur, uh, and the button for the brake hold as well on the right-hand side of that. Mm-hmm. Coming down towards the transmission tunnel, got some small storage area for coins and a pen and that sort of thing, parking tickets. For losing stuff yes, in. Yes, yeah. yes, for just piling up and then getting to a point where you go, oh, I have to throw everything out now because it's disgusting. Uh, there's also a 12-volt power outlet socket. Uh, and moving back further back down the tunnel from there, there are two cup holders. Then you get to this sliding armrest uh, and cubby box because you could change exactly where that was positioned. Just out of interest, was this all one sort of unit or was it step throughable? No, no, it's all one unit. It's quite high yeah. as well. So you were, which gave an even more of a feeling that you were like in an armchair because you were in your own sort of mm. pod area. And the passenger was in their okay. pod area. It was like business class flights or yes, something. Yes, that sort of, yeah, yeah. Long that's, haul, that's... Which I've never been able to use, hint, hint. 
Yes, you walk past them and are slightly jealous as you make your way back to premium economy. Yeah, okay, because I wasn't sure if it was step through like the very earliest ones was, were, where there was no sort of, it was column shifting and no gear stick, or if it was sort of, if it flowed between the two front no, no, chairs. No, that was not the... the, the Wing back. That was not what they were going for at all, no. You're okay, definitely, cool. you're definitely in your own area. Right. So moving, when you get to the cubby box, in the cubby box are two USBs and the HDMI socket, which, I mean, we've seen it being used. We've seen it being used on the Honda E. On the So now... <laughs> the Honda E was the first time I ever saw that being used, and I was, that picture came up, and everyone's like, oh, that's terrible. They're using, you know, using part of this massive screen for... I know, we're way off topic. Never mind. Used for playing um, for playing Nintendo and Super Mario on. And I was like, oh, finally, that's the reason why there's a... Yes. Why there's a mini <laughs> HDMI port in, in Hondas. Yeah. Because most of the time it's been like, why? Next time I find a car that's got one in, then I will... Uh, I will- take a an extension lead and a games console and plug it in see if i can get it to play on whatever screen it is yeah <laughs> just just to see if it can be done uh you'll be joining your e-racing from the from the, from from the wi-fi <laughs> from an actual car here's my sim rig <laughs> yeah and a tiny seven inch screen one to one but i authentically feel i'm sitting in a proper seat so got to be worth it yeah (laughs) right at the back of the cubby box trying to get back on track here there are two usb charging sockets and two air vents for the rear passengers this it gives you an indication that the interior was actually quite well thought out of how it was going to be used in which areas so they obviously realized people in the back are going to want to charge their devices some shape or form so it's not just get them cool with the aircon but it's like give them as many charging points as we can because they'll need it <laughs> and I, and it just just showed a level of thought that had gone into the interior mm-hmm. which sometimes you don't don't always appreciate because we don't think it's happening okay right so i've already mentioned the panoramic sunroof which let tons of light into this already well lit cabin and that, and that was great. But the switches to open the cover and the roof itself were in the roof, just in the headlining uh, back up from the, the rear view mirror. Rear view mirror. Yeah. And in there as well was the SOS buttons. So if you got into trouble and needed to, as cars are mandated to have in the EU now, must have an mm-hmm. SOS button that calls back to a base that says there's an issue. Please come. This is their location. Come and help them. So So that's where that all was. But just a bit further uh, down, back in the headlining, there was a sunglasses holder, and that had a little extra thing on it. It had a mirror panel. I, I don't care. It, it had a sunglasses holder, and if cars have a sunglasses holder built into the into the roof or into the ceiling, then I am they they already win extra bonus points from me. Well, it's one of those things I like in a car. It, it had two. Don't mind that. Three positions, so you can either have it fully open, so you could put your glasses in, partly open, mm. which had the mirror then, which was concave, so you could see 
all the rear passengers space oh that's clever so yes and this, again this is this whole the interior has been thought through actually so that mm-hmm. meant that you can keep an eye on the rear because you you can you've seen it in places well i was going to say mother care but not anymore i've seen but, you can get extra you can mirrors get, and stuff yeah for you can get them clipped things. onto the rear view mirror and it's mm. that sort of curvy thing but this was actually built into the sunglasses case uh, and you could see everyone. So you could you could keep an eye on the small children. You know, say you've got small children and you're just trying to keep an eye on them, or you, if you need to step in all un styly and prevent the elbow wars from escalating into full-blown, you know, fighting... World War Three in the back yes, seat. Yes, yeah. so you, you could keep a, keep an eye on that. And, and that's, that's actually a really good use. And it shows, I think, what that vehicle will be used a lot more. It's, I think it is very much a family vehicle because of its size mm-hmm. and the practicality and the ease in which you're able to use the, you know, it's easy to get in the back. It's easy to put stuff in the boot and it's easy to just drive it, uh, which we'll get onto in a bit. But, but the, these are the kind of things that make it, I mean, you, you said when we were chatting actually before we started recording that it, it feels, it's really quite a premium feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's above some of the others in this segment. It's a bit, you were saying it's a bit bigger and it's a bit better finished. Yeah, um, and that that seems like a very good example of uh, of that kind of thing. Just those extra little thoughts, the extra little touches mm. that show that effort and thought has gone into. You know, they've got, they've got the basics and they've thought right. What what will make this better for the the person we're expecting to be driving or sitting in the back or whatever it is? And and I I, I really appreciate that. They've gone. They've done that, and and I like the fact that it's happened. And that's part of the benefit of that twenty-three years of development, yeah. really, because it's twenty-three years in a company like Honda, which isn't particularly big, really, when it comes to car manufacturing, certainly not for Europe. But it's it's twenty-three years of user feedback being listened to that leads to that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Know thy market. Yes, I think that's that's that is. So it's just kind of cool to. Kind of cool to see, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Material-wise, inside there are a mis- mix of uh, the plastics, leather, wood, silver trim. It was not black on black on black. It, you know, the, it was a light, airy cabin, but then they had little touches of different materials and different finishes, which just lifted the areas. Like there's the small areas that had the wood trim, and it just it just lifted it and gave it that that premium feel. Even though this is a mass market vehicle, just gave it a little step up. It just felt that little step up from just, you know, inverted commas, just a mass market car. So I, I, I was impressed with that. That makes a big difference. So what about on the road? What about as you went out and clipped the apexes and gave well, it a dab of Oppo? Obviously, because that is my driving style, is is to test out those sort of things just on the public highways. But no, this is a big old car. Turn traction control off. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, this is this Don't is do a that. big old car. It's there to stop you crashing, exactly. people. <laughs> so this is a big old car, and at no point was I tempted to go to hurtle it round roundabouts to see if I could break records down B roads and things like that. It just when you get in it and you start driving it, at no point did I feel. Oh, I must hurtle this along. So, just to clarify, you had no urge to take it to Anglesey and enter it in a twelve-hour race. No, yeah? I would. If I was going to do that, I would probably want to change the roof, fit a roll cage, lower it, 
and and find some <laughs> lunatics that may be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we get it. We, we are not talking huge amounts of dynamic quartering prowess, but on the other hand, we're talking somewhere something more wafty and chilled, aren't we? Yes, we are. It, it, more limousine than than uh, anything else. Hoony. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I've, I've mentioned a few, quite a few times that it's a large vehicle, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't easy to drive and it wasn't... Uh, and you knew where your corners were. It's got sensors around it as well, so that helps. It's because it's a van, <laughs> Andrew. But, Oops. <laughs> I'm sure Honda would be delighted to hear you say that. <laughs> MPV. <laughs> but it, it is easy to drive around. It, you know, it's easy to drive in town as well and park up and stuff. It's quite wide, so with uh, British parking spaces... Sometimes you do need to go and find ones on the end of a row and that sort of thing. Or if you have small people, you can, it, it, you will search for the family and the parent and child parking because then that's no problem at all. Mm-hmm. It it was fine in narrow country lanes. It was fine in the town. It, I but I just wanted to waft along. I didn't want to do anything daft. I didn't want to try and because I was wafting along. I know at no point felt. Like I was, oh, I must get that gap. I must get in that, you know, get out the junction here, or I must, you know, get in front of that person. That wasn't, that wasn't the style of driving at all. There was no, no mm-hmm. aggression, shall we say? I think that's probably it's not. It doesn't okay. make you want to be an aggressive driver. Okay, no, that's a, and that's important too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the car's really quiet on the road. The only time it wasn't is if you mash the pedal down. Then obviously, as we know with CVTs, they make a noise at that point, and it's not a pleasant noise. Did, did it start mooing? Yes, <laughs> basically, it's not a pleasant noise, and you go a little bit faster. But in reality, just drive relaxed. That's the way to deal with it, and mm-hmm. then everything's fine because of the linear nature of a CVT. That adds to the whole relaxed experience. The, the elastic rope effect, as we've termed it in yeah, the past. Yeah, and and we don't mean that disparagingly because I've seen some reviews. No, no, absolutely I've seen not. some reviews use that type of thing disparagingly, and I don't get it. It's again my my whole thinking that they don't understand what a CBT is meant to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the whole thing that you can just be gentle on the throttle and yet still make make progress without having to. You know, without having to push it all the time, you can you, the, the gearbox let the gearbox do the work rather than the engine doing the work. Is where I'm trying to go. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But overall, how did it how did it go? And um, you've not mentioned the flappy paddles yet. No, no, I'm coming to that now. So the the petrol know, engine is that's, fine. That's what I'm hoping. The petrol engine is fine, but the the main reason I wanted to try this vehicle was the hybrid powertrain because this, like I say, you know, the Honda of now getting into the electrified sector of or the electrified technology now has to be as all manufacturers realize this has to be deployed in their fleet so i wanted to see how it was going to how this was going to change because i've driven a crv before how is this going to change the, the the feeling and the dynamic of the vehicle and what i found was i almost immediately fell into 
how quickly can I regen the battery <laughs> game? <laughs> Gamification. And that's where the flappy paddles came in because those flappy paddles are there to adjust the amount of regeneration you can accrue by mm-hmm. just letting go of the pedal or whether it's when you Hyundai add. Ionic style. Yes. And because of how I have driven a vehicle like that before, it was very quick to get in it. And then I would change the digital display to show the battery <laughs> regening. And then I would be playing along with, oh, that roundabout, right. I'm right back up there. I can accelerate quite hard away from here to, uh, and it's no problem because the, the, uh, the hybrid technology is helping this to move off from the line, not just mm-hmm. the engine. And what happened when you got back into a normal car? I felt upset and disappointed I could no longer regenerate anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's so silly. But it did help. It It did help the Saab's MPG for a couple of weeks. That that rocketed up to 19. (laughs) Oh, gee. As I I hypermiled it. (laughs) Yeah. No, that that's that's pretty good. So it's it's wafty limousine is is what we're talking about here, yeah. not uh, not 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 scuffing the door handles on 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 corners. No, absolutely. We've talked. We've just talked quite a bit about the the uh, hybrid tech there and how you, how it worked. Uh, any other particular special technology uh, that's added on this? Well, there's quite a bit of safety stuff. So uh-huh. in there is things like the active cornering lights, which are really good. I do like an active cornering light, particularly if you're in the countryside mm-hmm. or something like that, or it's a particularly dark area. They, they are really useful. Uh, this had uh, also had blind spot and cross-traffic monitoring system, which is good for car parks particularly because people seem incapable of waiting for someone else, whether they are a pedestrian or mm-hmm. another car. There's a rear view camera, parking sensors front and back, Another one that I really like is wing mirrors tilting when you put it in reverse. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is good. So you can see where the curb is. So you can get close without. Mm-hmm. I do it in the Saab, but I have to do it manually. So I, I do appreciate when it does it automatically for me. Yeah. So similarly, in the GRMN, it's 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 the same. I I will quite often just pause and tilt tilt them tilt the mirror down because I want to be tight in the space, but I want my alloys to remain intact. Yeah. Uh, it's also got the lane keeping assist, which Honda's system is quite good and quite, it, it's, it's quite a smooth system. So it's not jerky. Oh, you're mm. close. Right. We'll just drag you into them. It's quite a smooth system and, and works well. Fantastic. So the picture I formed in my head as we've been going through this is that it is quite large, quite comfortable, quite relaxing, not really dynamic, but it doesn't matter because it actually feels pretty premium. Yeah, yeah. Does that a that is absolutely good summary sp- of it? Spot on of what I was uh, trying to convey. So I'm glad I have. <laughs> Sorry, I just read your notes. It was fine. It was easier. No problem at all. <laughs> no, one so- slight quibble I do have with it because there wasn't anything in the interior, and I know that we're almost legally obliged to point out a fault in the interior. But was the MPG? That seemed quite mm-hmm. a drop because normally I can get fairly close on the combine, but I just couldn't with it's, with this. You're normally you're normally closer than that. Yeah, so that that seemed quite a distance away. And looking at what this car is and what it offers, 
I really only think there's the RAV4 as competition. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be interesting to try a RAV4 to see uh, because they're both of a similar size. They're, they're bigger than mid-size. They're not necessarily full seven-seaters. So they, they haven't gone yeah. super large. So they're, they're in between the two mm-hmm. from a market point of view. Isn't it funny that those are the two vehicles that came out at roughly the same kind of time mm. and have been around for a similar period? Yeah. So I would imagine, I mean, you know, they started the same kind of size and they seem to have evolved through. Although in this last generation, the RAV4 has has changed slightly because it was getting more and more monospace, cough van-like, <laughs> a, a bit like the CRV was. But has sort of gone. Oh no! Actually, maybe we don't want to be doing that. So I think that that would be an interesting, an interesting ang- angle on a, a comparison there as well. Mm. So uh, to to try those. But yeah, yeah, it's a shame about the MPG because otherwise, it seems like a pretty. Yeah, it just doesn't seem quite as quite as close to the close to the figures as you'd expect yeah. because otherwise it seems you know a pretty pretty easy and pleasant way of getting around i actually really enjoyed the the, the having it and, and using it because it was it was stress free it was for for the mm-hmm. journeys i was doing and where i was and then the, the, all that sort of stuff it it just it was very easy to do all that and and it was comfortable mm-hmm. and it was it, it was a nice place to sit and do it so uh, you know, I, I I did like it. There's a lot to be said for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Really is. Anyhow, between now and next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and at the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing, because it really does matter. Andrew, if people want to know if you could actually fit a sim rig in the back of a CRV and whether the rear seats can be lifted out or fall completely flat, because I might have been considering that ever since we talked about it, um, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people want to ask, well, why were you thinking such a thing instead of listening to the fine words from me, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, you can use Twitter, but the answer is I can read the notes, and so I'm ahead of him. <laughs> where I'm, at, yeah, on Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B I A D L E Y. We'll be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring.